This is Biz Radio host Joanna Patrice Haggerty. I am the founder of JPH Creative Biz and soon to launch Art Hero, a workforce development organization. My mission is to support and galvanize artists and creative entrepreneurs because art heals and connects. I believe that by activating creativity, we synthesize change. Come connect with me on Instagram at JPH Creative Biz. This is the Joanna Patrice Property Show, where I invite the most innovative entrepreneurs, artists, and creative business owners to share their experiences, processes, practical tips, and inspirations. Today with me is Charles Humphrey III. Charles, <laughs> what up, Charles? I'm going to read your bio out. Charles right. is the bass player for Songs from the Road Band. Songs from the Road Band is an Asheville, North Carolina-based bluegrass supergroup featuring Mark Schimmick on mandolin, Sam Morton on guitar, James Slender on fiddle, and Gabe Epstein on banjo. The band takes flight with virtuosic picking, singing, and Grammy Award-winning songwriting. Their live show has been compared to watching a NASCAR race. It's exciting and unpredictable, but you're always wondering if there's going to be the thrill of a crash. Their most recent single, Amarillo Blue, went to number one on the Bluegrass Today Grassicana chart. They have six studio albums available at all musical outlets. I brought Charles on to talk about his life as a professional musician. But first, Charles, thanks for being here today. It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, you've been someone I have kind of like grown up watching my career. You know, I've been in the festival back end world. So I've just seen you on stages, I feel like years and years and years. And so it's just such a pleasure to have you here and unpack your story a little bit. Yes, I'm glad we connected. I'm looking forward to visiting. Good. So, you know, as I mentioned before we hopped on air, for some reason, every artist and creative professional I've gotten on the show, I always ask this question. So we got to start with like, what life was like when you were growing up? How did you get into being a creative? What were some of your first interests? You know, how did we realize that creativity can be a lifestyle? Sure. Uh, well, I grew up in Eastern North Carolina in Greenville, North Carolina. That's where I went my, to school. My mu- Oh, did you go to East Carolina? Sure did. <laughs> cool. Uh, yes, so you know that what that must have been like growing up in the nineties. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was uh, my musical career started in orchestra on violin, and then up to upright bass. Uh, I did not do it in high school, but got back into classical upright bass training in college at the University of North Carolina in Chapel Hill. I was always involved in sports growing up in Greenville, whichever sport was kind of in season. I guess baseball was my main sport through high school, and then I always kind. of I grew up fishing, whether it be on the Outer Banks during Thanksgiving with my dad or in bass ponds around Greenville, North Carolina. And all those things kind of gave me the springboard uh, for where I am now. Uh, It was music that eventually invited me, enticed me to move to the mountains in 1999 (laughs) after Chapel Hill. And I've had several great opportunities to travel the world playing music and have most recently kind of recreated myself as a professional guide te- teaming up with a longtime professional guide angler uh, Dan Sasser and we kind of teach the Euro nymphing style fishing in western North Carolina Tennessee and, and North Georgia and then we also do some boats uh, drift boat stuff as well and it's really it's really been nice to um, to get into that with the passion that I've kind of had with with music, and I guess there was a um, a while there I was doing a lot of ultra running, where it started as marathons and then went to fifty k's and twenty four hour races and hundred milers and race directed events for charity and things like that too. So that's also been another chapter of my life here in Western North Carolina. Wow, it sounds like what I can hear too for you that 
in a lot of ways, creativity kind of involves being in nature and connecting with natural elements and probably being on stages a lot, connecting with individuals and people as well. So I love how those things tie together. And it's always fun kind of seeing how people explore creativity and, and those of us that get out and kind of see the world and get into the nature side of it, just have this really organic sense of living life in the way that we desire, right? <laughs> it is a blessing to be outside, you know, whether it's on the trail run or fishing, just, just being out there, there's something invigorating about it. And I think kind of all of my passions kind of involve spreading joy, whether it be through music or, or running or fishing and, and kind of bringing people together, um, yeah. a sense of friendship or fellowship or activities. Um, it's good. You know, it's people need to be outdoors and they need to be around other people. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of times too, uh, our society doesn't give us the option sometimes to see these fun, creative, artistic outlets as a profession. So I'm curious, were, did you have family that was supportive of you being a musician or fly fishing in some of these worlds? Like how did you really figure out that you could do this professionally? <clears throat> well, you know, I've, I've kind of, came up from nothing and brought it <laughs> hey no, we kidding. all scrapped um, don't worry about that it's been a long <laughs> it's been a uh, it's been a long road and like i say i'm very thankful i've kind of seen as like you said you know we've been crossing each other's paths in the festival circuits and on and off stages and have and had a lot of unique opportunities and so learning to entertain and play your music and the craft of that is equally as important as knowing how to run the business side of it and things like that and i think that carries over into the fishing as well I mean, you have to know how to fish, but you also have to know how to manage expectations and put on a show for people and market yourself and make um, your what you're doing accessible to other people. So there's a, a lot of and a lot of things between the fishing, the running, and the music on the artistic side and the business side that kind of correlate together if you want to be successful. So I'm, yeah. And tenacity and organization, you know, a lot of times in the arts world, we get into this sort of woe is me, where's the opportunity? How come someone doesn't see me? It really sounds like you are the kind of artist and creative who has taken your career into your own hands. So let's kind of jump in right now. Right now, you've been mostly working with, uh, in the musical side, Songs from the Road Band, yeah? Correct. Yes. Uh, we just wrapped up a annual winter event that we did in West Asheville, Asheville Wintergrass, where we had guests. Jim Lauderdale, Andy Buckner, and Tommy Marr of Fireside Collective it was a two-day event, and that was a lot of fun. We've got some neat things coming up in January. Your listeners may be interested in. They'll be able to find us at 185 King Street, and that will be on January 21st, and then we'll be at High Rock Outfitters on January 22nd in Lexington, North Carolina. Nice. We also have a show at the Boone Saloon that'll be a, that was just announced last week, and that is January 29th, and that's kind of a neat thing for us. To, in the wintertime to go back and do some of these smaller clubs and just, you know, have a good old time, try out some new music, play some old favorites. And then as the season warms up, we've got some big festivals we're looking forward to. Mm -hmm. Farm to Grass Music Festival down in Fort Pierce, Florida in March. Uh, Swanee Spring Reunion also in March. EMS Spring Fest. Um, Red Wing Roots Festival. Um, we've got the Bass and Grass in Perry, Georgia, which combines fishing and music. John Park. <laughs> Memorial Festival with John Cowan, uh, Red Wing Roots Festival, Birds Creek Music Festival in Tennessee. And the, the calendar will just continue to fill up, but we're already very excited and expect to have a big year 
uh, our biggest year in the past two years, probably considering all the thing, all the ways that the music industry has changed. Sure. Yeah. And I'm, I'm curious before we kind of dive into what the last two years have really looked like for you guys, how did songs for the road band really come together? And what was that process like for you all? Um, we started in 2006, Mark mm -hmm. Shimmick and Sam Ward and I were all in other groups and we called on the talents of our buddies, Andy Thorne, from Leftover Salmon and John Stickley, who runs his own band, and some yeah. members of Town Mountain. It was always a, a recording project. The first one was called Songs from the Road because they were songs I'd written while traveling. And then the second album, we were like, oh, I guess it's the Songs from the Road band. And then this is the name of the second album. <laughs> so the name, we didn't really get to pick it out. It just kind of picked us, which unfortunately or fortunately, I don't know, it depends on the, the, your opinion of the name. <laughs> and we, um, about four years ago, Mark and Sam and I had the opportunity to put the band on the road full time. And so we jumped in full force with that and added James Schlender, who's a two-time national fiddle champion from Montana. And he's, he's a young fellow in his 20s. And then we've really solidified our lineup by adding Gabe Epstein in the past 18 months, who's a like he's even younger than James. So we've got a lot of young guys in the band. He's a graduate of East Tennessee State University and just an awesome banjo player. And our music has always been kind of banjo centric. So I'd say the camaraderie and the lineup and the talent in the band now is it's it's at a it's one of its best points throughout the years that's ever been. So we've got a lot of great momentum and we're excited about the music and continually working on the show and, and things like that. So it's a it's an exciting time for us. That's really cool. And the evolution, you know, like you said, sometimes names pick themselves and sometimes you get to choose. And I think the, again, that organic process of letting the road choose you, letting the songs from the road become the band you now host mm. as well. And so let's talk about, again, you've been working on forming this band for years and then you have this pandemic hit. Like how did the pandemic really impact you guys particularly? And did that influence your decision to kind of get into the fishing side a little more? Just unpack that for me a little. Yeah, it put the brakes on the whole world. I remember, I remember our last show, it was, uh, we were playing over at the Wicked Weed Funkatorium and venues were shutting down left and right. That was the day, like, you know, everybody was shutting in. A bunch of people ended up coming over to our show. And, and then after that, the next week, stuff was just folding six months out a year out 18 months out two years out you know and everybody tried to stay relevant to their audience by doing online stuff you know streaming or playing instruments and piecing it together in different places or doing uh pushing their merch you know to make it through because everybody had lost their income from touring it was it was strange and i think you know we everybody was kind of looking at each other and looking at people who are leading the way one of one of the folks that inspired me the most was josh daniel he's um a artist out of charlotte i've had the pleasure of co-writing with a lot lately and he did a two-hour live show every single day for 365 days in a row wow no matter where he was he felt this online community and plus with everybody supposed to stay home and not traveling as much i mean there was hundreds and hundreds of people on there every single day watching and watching him and they built this community and i think that was kind of the, the best example of what hard work and creativity could do and then i think other bands kind of found things that worked similarly for them. And some bands, some restaurants, some venues, they went away. They didn't make it. They right. couldn't survive not having the income. They had to go find a way to make a living in a different way. Um, I, as you mentioned, I certainly turned to the fly fishing, and it kind of evolved into a career, too. And I'd have more time to do it because, um, you know, in 2019, we played over 200 shows a year, which is a lot, not including right. travel days. Yeah. Now we're doing um, just a handful of things a month, you know, major festivals and stuff outdoor and stuff like that. So it's it's changed, but we are equally as passionate about our music and stay 
involved in other ways by uh, making albums and working on radio and social media content. Yeah, and, and you know, as someone who kind of studies the economic worlds of, of artists in different industries, the touring musician and festival industry was one of the most severely impacted because there wasn't the option for people to really come out. So I think you made just such a great point for any creatives who are still struggling right now that there is opportunity, but it might not have been the way you were doing it before, right? If the, the avalanche has torn one you know, path up the mountain, you have to go find a new path. And so I just really want to make sure that the listeners who are, are trying to kind of find that creative gusto and juice right now can hear that, that being relevant, staying relevant, right? Being present. Don't get, don't get frustrated. <laughs> Hard work brings good luck. Yeah. Yeah. Keep I love that. Keep trying. So what would in the perfect world for you, Charles, what would uh, moving forward look like? Are you hoping to get back to 200 shows a year? Are you kind of happy with this balance a little more? What, what are we dreaming for? Uh, I never want to go to 200 shows a year. <laughs> I could not believe how much we were playing. I'm going back and look at our schedule. We'd have like five <laughs> days in a row every single week or be out yeah. all month. I think um, people, when people got home, they enjoyed being home. They're like, whoa, I can be with my family. I can work on my other passions in life. I can, there's this, there's no reason for me to be running around like a chicken with my head cut off. This is mm -hmm. like amazing. And so I think they drew some inspiration from that. And then you go back and you, you play the best gigs, you play the things you care about, the areas you turn around and, and want to revisit. Um, kind of like we started the Asheville Wintergrass, we do a thing in Johnson City too, which is called Stonefly Festival. We did two of them last year, one in the spring and one in the fall, and that kind of combines passions, things I'm passionate about, which are fly fishing and camping and music. And I think that's going to be a route is we're going to do a lot of events that we've made and then the ones that we visit throughout the country that kind of sell, share similar values and bringing people together and celebrating music and you know it's a blessing to be invited to those things and we're excited about those festivals and our collab musical collaborations with people like jim lauderdale and and john cowan and there's so there's a lot to be grateful for but i think it's going to be less shows but more shows that we're passionate about you know there'll be when we go back and play like a small club or something, it's going to be because we want to be there, not because we're trying to play five of them in a row. To right. Play for one yeah, week. to make sure that the tour sort of lands and hits and makes sense. And and again, the diversity of your income streams is another thing from sort of this economic and this business coach world that when I work with clients, almost any artist and creative really shouldn't stick to one income stream, right? Touring or, or whatever, right? So what are... I, I've always heard, you know, if you can have four or five different kind of income streams that's kind of the goal at least so right. yeah and there's so many ways like you said you have this passion for being in nature you have this passion for health and wellness this passion for fish this passion for you know all of these things why not allow yourself to play in that world right why not allow yourself to vision other ways of building your business so i really love the attitude that you've come at with this world and i just again i want to reflect to everybody that the more you keep that positive attitude around how can i get up this mountain the more i think we're going to get there <laughs> you know and i think a lot of it too is just just giving back just try to look at the world in a bigger picture mm. and try to do good things for other people. And it's amazing how it comes back to you. Um, we've been excited about working with the Candade Foundation, which is a nonprofit organization where we are tunes ambassadors. Mm -hmm. So we'll go to schools and donate instruments and do concerts for kids. And we just did a, a cool thing over at the Smoky Park Supper Club a few weeks ago where we got together and built bikes. And all those bikes will be put together and distributed to kids that need them for 
Christmas and we kind of supplied the music. But the, things like that that you can just get involved with in your neighborhood, I think it's it's rewarding to yourself, but it, it makes a difference. It makes the world a, a better place. So just, you know, try to be a good person. <laughs> mm, I love it. And you and I too know that art is sort of that glue that brings community together. So if we can bring musicians out to nonprofit events, if we can have really creative. I just hooked up some of my artist friends um, making a coloring book for the Parks and Rec Department of the city of Asheville, right? Like when we can have fun intermingling ways of bringing art to the people and the people to the creative world and the community together. Yeah, we're going to feel better because the last couple of years has been really tough for everybody, right? It's just been a reevaluating of every industry, arts or not. And we need some things to look forward to. So I think before we hopped on line, you mentioned something else you were excited about coming up in April of next year, right? I bet I did. It was the fishing event of sorts. I yes, forget what it was it called. Is, it's just been announced. Um, so we are very excited to talk about on that, that on the show here. It is going to be at the Metal Arc um, Motel over in Maggie Valley. And it is, we have partnered with them to bring you our first annual fly fishing camp, April 15th and 16th, 2022. 22, it's a uh, Metal Lark Motel and local elite trout streams. And people get there on Friday and they have a welcome, welcoming cocktail party. Um, Saturday is breakfast and we go into an instruction and then we leave for some elite regional trout rivers, come back for barbecue dinner and musical entertainment and lodging there on site. There's actually a creek out on site as well. And then breakfast Sunday and we'll say our farewells. But it's going to be um, limited to one instructor for two people. So there'll be a lot of hands-on instructing and catching in the field. And it's it's open all ages, kids to seniors, and any level of fishing from advanced to beginner. Good. I was totally going to ask that because, I mean, I had mentioned before we got on air that, you know, I used to fish a little with my dad on the tiny little ponds and creeks. But I have never done fly fishing. So for those of us who are completely oblivious to what that even means, what exactly is fly fishing? <laughs> well, our company is generally we teach a technique called tight line nymphing or contact nymphing or euro nymphing and that's just kind of based on the uh, named after where the style was invented but you're basically using a long light rod with long leaders uh, very minimal tackle no indicators per se and, and small bugs and you're just presenting the bugs in a de dead drift way where you're not spooking the, the fish and they're just eating eating this food that you know that they do in their natural element every day they might eat 200 little bugs that are just sitting there and crunch wait for them to come to them and we try to mimic that pattern of feeding and um catch the fish and handle them in a friendly way and release them and it's um it's a lot of fun you know it's a very productive way of fishing now we do also have drift boats do some other styles of fishing but we specialize in the euro nymphing technique and it's it's a lot of fun. I mean, I really love taking people for the first time and getting their drift dialed in and <clears throat> watching them just like totally get it, learn how to, to present to the fish, fish, land the fish. And it's awesome. A lot of times they'll just with one day of, of lessons and stuff, they'll have enough to go out there, enough confidence to go out there and do it on their own. And then they've got a hobby they can have for the rest of their, their lives. And so that's fun for me. I love it. Well, Charles, I know we have to wrap up. I think the theme of today is bringing joy and fun and levity to life. And so yes. can you let the audience know how can they connect with you and the band and the fly fishing group so that they can just stay joyful? Sure. Absolutely. Um, songsfromtheroadband.com is a website where 
Uh, you can find out about my music and my brothers in music. And then from there, there are links to all our other musical outlets. And then hightrout.com is the website for the fly fishing. And like I say, we work in North Georgia, North Carolina, and Tennessee. It's been a pleasure being on your show. I really appreciate it. It's been great yeah. talking with you. Yeah, thank you so much. And as always, this is the Joanna Patrice Haggerty Show, where we share tips and tools of our community's most innovative entrepreneurs, artists, and creative business owners. Thank you so much for tuning in. And please connect by visiting bizradioashville.com or on Instagram at jphcreativebiz. I would love to hear your show suggestions or any questions you may have. And as always, stay creative. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you just heard, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and be sure to visit bizradio.us to find hundreds of other engaging conversations, local events, and more.